0: you drove all the way there and there was no cabin
1: well no i they i found out that the cabin plan wasn't going to work on monday of this week so then i just looked around uh at grand Marais, which is the town of minnesota that i'm in and i i I found a pretty reasonable room at the best western which is honestly incredible like it's my room itself isn't incredible it's the best western uh i am 10 (laughs) feet from lake superior I'll'll I'll, send'll uh, I'll, I'll post the photo from the Babay's Twitter and Instagram handle after this episode goes live just to show what my view has been for the last three days uh, it's it's been fantastic and yeah.
0: is that that like the lassie lake that uh, I recommended you? that i
1: jump in and
0: <laughs> uh,
1: lake superior one of one of the biggest lakes on the planet yes that i am. yeah i'm uh sounds, I'm, cozy, yeah, Terry. sounds cozy i'm sleeping should, right? on the banks of the lake superior no uh lake superior is beautiful it is cold as shit even in the summertime you don't really want to put your body in it it's it's a lake to look at it's not really a lake to swim in
0: so it's like a podcast for your ears, not for your eyes. Yeah,
1: it's a podcast for your ears. Uh, it's a, it's a lake it's a lake for your uh, it's a lake for your eyes, uh not for your skin. Uh, as as I was walking around town, I feel like this it's it's not a direct comparison, but this is kind of like the Minnesotan equivalent to the Oregon coast where it's these, you know, small, cute artsy towns along big bodies of water every, you know, towns have random art galleries bookstores, some cafe that claims to have the best something of some kind of food.
0: So you know it's legit. Uh,
1: and like a really and like a really good brewery. So uh I've What's been, the brewery?
0: Let's give it a shout.
1: I'm going to give it a shout right now. It's it's not my drink for tonight. It I, my drink for the That's night okay. is very intentional, but uh I've been each of the last 3 days I've been hanging out at Voyager Brewing Company in Grand Marais, Minnesota. I will be sharing a picture of the sunset I got to see from the rooftop of Voyager last night. It's just phenomenal. It's a great brewery. It's small, but people come up to Grand Marais just to get a pint. It's fantastic. Uh, they have a great Devil's Kettle IPA. That's my favorite. Uh, I was earlier today I was switching to the Brule River Blonde Ale just because I was like I can't have, you know, we need to we need to be a little intoxicated for this show, JP, but <laughs> we we don't want to be like 10 IPAs into We don't. Oh, maybe we do. We <laughs> especially <laughs> for this one after last night, which I know we'll get into. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Voyager Brewing Company, it's it's been great. And cool. honest, honestly, I feel kind of sad to be uh, driving driving home tomorrow. I I feel I always feel melancholy at the end of basically all trips.
0: Yeah, I'm and, with that.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like even though like you're kind of ready to go home, it's like oh, I'm not gonna just be in this this fun, cool place. And this town is small as hell; it's like less than fourteen hundred people, but it's uh, it's beautiful and it's on an. Incredible is there a dive water. bar
0: with a neon sign? Yes, that's amazing. That's so you, what I like. yeah, so you know I can handle it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. There is a VFW here, and there's a, a couple of, a couple other bars and and the brewery. Mo- most shit is is closed on sundays so like I, I don't think i could make it like a full time
0: <laughs> <laughs> i need my adjustment. drinking on yeah. sundays
1: <laughs> well the, there's still plenty of sunday drinking to be had but also i was walking home and was just like, at the best western i, I, I was walking fr- <laughs> I, I was walking from voyager brewing to best western about 45 minutes to an hour ago I was like, "Wow, it's dead," and I looked at my phone. Like, "Yeah, and it's it is seven eighteen, <laughs> and there is not a not a not a sound."
0: But that daylight saving not time, yet. it just, they, they just the fucks everything sound. up. Yeah, it, it, it just does, fucks everything.
1: Yeah, up. I though I did love that extra hour of sleep today. That. Mm-hmm. That did work, and you you as a father of a four year old and a less than one year old. It didn't work for me. Yeah, I'm sure they were up and screaming at the normal time, like Dad, why aren't we doing shit at three a.m.? But (laughs) yeah,
0: it was rough. It was rough. Shout out to my wife for waking up with the kids.
1: Uh, Your wife is the goat, man.
0: Yeah, all right. I will not argue that.
1: Overall, you know, JP, it's been a uh, been a tough weekend. So maybe we, you and I, can just (laughs) talk about how we're doing mentally and socially and maybe just have some fun and bring some light to uh to this dark dark world that we're all living in which is now darker because of daylight savings time
0: yeah god damn it daylight savings time but um i was just actually right before this episode i was cooking dinner and i'm in the kitchen i'm bumping some music i'm chopping up actually i was shredding up some chicken breasts and on my echo comes on gin and juice, and I'm Ooh. I'm about two thirds of the way through rapping every single word, and I realize I'm like I'm not I should be angry I feel angry but I'm not that angry like life goes on and it's I mean I I'm <laughs> the Beaver game was rough and I also just endured a very terrible forty nine game <laughs> so it's compounded on me. I don't know the roughness of being a fan of sports. Right. And, uh, but I sat there and the music's playing and I'm rapping along and I was like, I feel so carefree Like this is okay. It's all going to be okay. I'm sitting here making dinner, rapping Instacart's bringing me more groceries. (laughs)
2: Life
0: is good. It could be better. It could be better, but uh, yeah, I had all day. I had a little bit of a fog from yesterday and, and it, it, just kind of escaped me in that moment. And I was, I was feeling nice.
1: Right. And you know, you have to play five seconds of gin and juice right now, right? Yeah. there <laughs> <we> go. <laughs> and now we all feel better. That's yeah. That's a great way of putting it. That's a great song, a great segue. Uh, it's, it's hard to be mad while listening to that song. Exactly. Got my mind on my money. I'm yeah, on money on yeah, my mind. Uh, That's that's just a a a classic banger. It's a a belligerent beef certified platinum, which is the most prestigious (laughs) platinum that in any record can go. It's elusive, too exactly it's only been, yeah. there's only been one I think, of them so far I think, yeah this is it's the first one. time we've mentioned it on, <laughs> on, on the show that this, this, this is gonna forge its own wing in the belligerent beefs hall of fame uh, for sure uh so yeah i know i'm i'm happy i'm happy to hear that uh i was sorry to hear about your niners today uh today was probably the first time i missed the vikings game in a really long time i Didn't can't have remember best last time do we do but i was just in a writing class from 9 a.m to 4 p.m today and i i, I watched the beginning of the game. I had a lunch break, and I went to. I found a spot that had a TV here in Grand Marais, and I watched it. And for the whatever forty minutes that I, I had for my lunch break, but then I went back to my class, and I it was on my mind, but I just like wasn't like super thinking about it because they've been so frustrating, and they did the same shit today, where it's like they were playing a team that they're probably that is probably better than them, and they lost in overtime. And this is just what they do. They play. <laughs> they they play really good teams tough, uh, then and they also let shitty teams stick around, and they'll lose more than they win. Probably it just goes you know on one side of the coin or the other. By the end of the year, they'll be eight and nine or nine and eight. I don't know. It's just yeah. It was. I found myself not missing it at all. And I love the Vikings. You know Wait, I missed, love the like, Vikings.
0: You did miss like the pageantry of just having like a football Sunday again. I,
1: I don't think I missed it because I've had what seven of them like before this. Like but they're I, limited. I, no, eight of them. They're they are limited. they are they are limited, but like we have so many football Sundays and football Saturdays. Like I've watched a lot of football this fall. And so this weekend being like, all right, I'm actually gonna try and not be upset about shit i can't control uh spent spent some time uh in investing in what I, I want my my career to be because my day job is not what i want my career to be is f- fulfilling in a certain way and the, the beaver game last night was at 6 p.m and i was out of my session by like 3 30 so i got to get
0: two and a half hours to get shit-faced i got two we- to, yeah
1: i got to fire up the fubo <laughs> And it was, it was funny. Cause I was like in, in, uh, I had dinner at, at one bar uh, and then I like migrated to another one. There, there's like four bars here. And I've, <laughs> I, I think I've, uh, one per paid, quarter paid, paid the deed at ev- <laughs> all, all four of them, uh, in the three nights that I've been been up here before I head back home tomorrow. But like I had food, I had the beaver game on my phone. And then there was one point, I, I think I turned it, turned it off at halftime to go on the spaces and I was late turning it back on. So then you, Benny, and I had it in our head that I was the bad luck guy. So that if I stopped watching, things would be good. <laughs> that was later in the half. It did I, work, though. It did work for a minute because I did not, I you did not see it. Don't lie. You No, in. I, I did. I did, but I, tu- I was tuning see? in and out, trying to help. I was trying to do my part. Uh, so I missed Everett Hayes' 60-yard field goal. Oh, man.
0: We have to talk about the outcome of that.
1: I know, but it, it, it's it's incredible and then I watched it this morning and I'm holy
0: fuck. Oh like, yeah, that was a hell of a boot. But but like you missed it live. Benny probably didn't see this portion of it live. No. But I was here watching the Benny game. Benny was in the stadium high as shit beaver fam. <laughs> probably roaming around the Colorado tarp. <laughs> he's,
1: he's about to sign on to this Zoom call ready to discuss this game and I don't think he knows who won or or lost. <laughs> 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 he probably fell asleep on the plane and then woke up when he got back to Tacoma and it's like, wait, was that a dream? Like I'm going to the game tomorrow. Right. Uh, so
0: no, but you have to remember last night he did send a picture of uh, a chapter of our old fraternity, Oregon state with just a company with a, uh, a link to an an Apple music link to Drake. I'm going in. And it yeah. was like, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. At midnight uh, Pacific.
1: That was the last time we heard from him. He sent a picture of the Pi Kappa five fraternity house at, Colorado Boulder. And then the next (laughs) thing was a link to the Spotify of I'm Going In by Drake, which is (laughs) creepy as shit.
0: (laughs) You guys probably all missed it. I was here watching the game with Funky Paul Molina. Shout out to Funky Paul Molina. Shout out
1: Funky Paul Molina.
0: And he pointed out as it was happening. Like he like saw it. Like he like envisioned it coming to fruition. And I turned and looked right as he was calling it out. And a cheerleader just nope, got I absolutely <laughs> demolished by that 60-yard field goal. I don't think I've ever seen anybody get that hit that square by a football in any capacity in the history of the sport, let alone a 60-yard field goal. <laughs>
1: right. So, you you and I are are, are similar ages and we we are well versed in the comedies of the 90s. Remember Happy <laughs> Go- Remember Happy Gilmore? Oh yes, where he's winning money off of the movers who are moving his grandma's furniture for the first time. And he just rocks a golf ball and it shatters, it shatters a window at of some mansion, like 400 yards away. And they're like, yeah, but you can't do it again. And by the time he tees up again, the other guy comes down and is like, "Like, you guys are (laughs) going to pay for that. And, And then happy. True to four, just rocks another one. It hits him in the head. And the mover goes, oh, you hit that guy. And he's just like, <laughs> he shouldn't have been standing there. Like, I want to feel bad for that cheerleader, but she shouldn't have been standing there. Whoa.
0: What? This is breaking. What's breaking? Tim Tivisar out as defensive coordinator. Tibisar just got fired. He just got fired. Oh, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about oh for this episode. Oh, my God. Um. Wow! Trent Bray is taking over as interim defensive coordinator. Wow! Wow! I did not... I mean, I expected him to be gone. I wasn't calling for him to be gone. It's rightfully rightfully that he has been relieved of his duties. But (laughs) I did not expect this to happen midseason. This is very interesting because what happens from this point forward is... Pivotal for the program right now. It is absolutely pivotal because if it's turning a corner because we bring in a different mind to run the defense like Trent Bray, then again, like I I love Trent Bray and the fact that he is a beeve. But I (laughs) I said this earlier in our group chat. I felt better as a fan when I was Hall in for Corey Hall as our interim head coach back in like, what, 2014? I was feeling better at that point, even though we went 0-6 with him at, at the helm. Then I feel I feel right now as a fan because the expectations are so much higher. But I also I also don't know uh, what this can mean to the program because back then it was kind of like the only way it was up and right now right. we are tumbling down so do we is yeah. this does this steer the ship in the right direction or is this going to well that to, that remains
1: that remains to be seen and i think we've all been very critical of Tibisar on this podcast and in in our group chat too and i think the defense we knew the defense was going to be the weak link go in, in comparison to the offense or not even the weak link, but had more room to improve than the offense did going into this season so that it's not surprising that the defense was maybe what left, you know, more to be desired so far through nine games. And when you give up, 37 points to a Colorado team and 39 points to a Cal team. That's uh, that's initially we think I said it on, and I'm not even saying this. Like I, I, if you watch a game with me live, I'm the first one to be like, let's fire these fuck bags. (laughs) um and i and i know that's irrational that's just like my gut reaction and then you know but even like so during the halftime spaces last night i tried to
0: yeah i really did a
1: little bit yeah and let's like with like hey tibisar might be the problem i don't know enough about defenses to know that what defensive coordinator should be should be fired um we're going to bring uh, a friend, friend of the podcast uh, from Fox Sports Radio, Brian Fenley, on here in, in a minute. I do think that I should read the statement from Jonathan Smith just so that our listeners yeah. are, get, are are getting everything. Um, but the one thing I was going to add that I mentioned on the spaces is we have play calling is one thing, but we have no idea how much these guys are involved with recruitment, with selling a vision, selling a story. Uh, They're big picture elements on it. And so I didn't know, we, we can't know if Tibisar just has the juice with recruits like on the recruiting trail. We don't get to see that. Yeah. So we, and we have a decent number of recruits who are committing and they're thanking our coaching staff, which includes Tibisar. So I'm just going to read what. Wait, let's, says. let's
0: bring Finley on and then we'll, let's we'll read it.
1: Okay. Let's let, all right, let's bring, let's bring our friend uh, from Fox Sports Radio, Brian Fenley on uh, to the podcast. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey, guys, you're uh, you're joining us at a pretty uh, incredible time. <laughs> Ten seconds ago, we just found out uh, Oregon State has fired defensive coordinator Tim
3: Tibisar. Oh, my gosh. I, you guys, that's news to me. My gosh.
1: That we were we were just breaking down the loss and like trying oh to my gosh. come <laughs> up with like positives. And then JP stopped me and said, hey, Tibisar is out. And then three minutes later, you sign it, sign in. Holy Zoom. crap. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're reacting live here folks uh brian fenley from fox fox sports radio los angeles <laughs> oh, <laughs> the legend himself uh get out of here after you you had some great thoughts uh brian i'm terry by the way it's great terry to meet you i'm a big you? fan yeah jp is here as well um our other co-host uh, benny is is still on the way back home uh to uh his home in tacoma from boulder okay he was unfortunately at the game last night well, he was. So he'll he'll probably sign on in in the middle of our conversation um but i know you had some uh thoughts about the the tough loss that the Beavs took in Boulder last night but now that you signed on and immediately you immediately <laughs> found out the defensive coordinator <laughs> uh is out in corvallis like what's uh what's going through what's going through your mind
3: well i think we knew guys that the offense really wasn't the problem. I mean, yeah, sure. It's not perfect, but when you thought about the couple losses that they had strung together, you knew most of the problems were on the defensive side of the ball. And I get that there have been some injuries. Alton Julian is somebody that they're missing big time when it comes to the pass defense, but, you know, we're not really seeing a big pass rush from, from the Beaves and the run defense. I mean, that's where, I watched that game. I know you guys did as well. And I was just thinking to myself, my goodness, if only they could stop these guys. And I, I thought that Colorado has gotten better. And I know they haven't really been given a whole lot of credit because, you know, they haven't been winning a whole lot and their quarterback is young. But I think it was a, a perfect storm. There were some holes in the secondary. Plus, I think Brendan Lewis, their quarterback, has gotten better. And because he could start throwing it, then I think that it became that double or – multiple dimension offense where now it used to just be run 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 for Colorado and they couldn't throw it and now that they can throw it it makes it even harder on the defense now they have to think about doing both things and I just thought man the Beavers were up by four points about five minutes to go in the game if they got that third and six we'd be talking about a different result here
1: yeah yeah and Tibisar would probably still have his job at that point good point if, if yeah if that's if that's if that's how it went. Yeah, that's uh, it's a wild game. I'm, I'm still wrapping my head around the news that uh, <laughs> we want we to read, read the statement uh, Terry? on Twitter. Yeah, I'll read the statement. This is uh, from Jonathan Smith minutes ago, uh, tweeted by uh, Oregon State reporter Nick Daschle. Uh, I felt it was the right time to make a change in our football program and have relieved coach Tim Tibisar of his duties at Oregon State. All of us thank Coach Tibisar for his hard work and professionalism the past four years, and wish him nothing but the best moving forward. In the interim, Coach Trent Bray will serve as our defensive coordinator, and Coach uh, Coach Kendrick Van Ackeren will transition from defensive analyst to working on field with our linebackers. So pretty, you know, boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service, uh, but we are still firing you type type stuff. Uh, Fans have been calling for Tibisar's head all last year. Yeah. 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 I've seen that on social social media since last year. And I kind of thought that if he was going to be gone, that it would happen over the, the off season. Yeah. And that he he would coach out the year and that Smith would kind of uh, take his time. And I don't know if this is re- related to Riley or not, or not, not real, but like that kind of era, but people, Beaver fans criticized Riley for being loyal to a fault where things kind of worked with Langsdorf and banker as his OCs and DCs from like Oh six through Oh eight. And then things clearly were working a different way in 2013 and mm-hmm. they was still like, like no change would ever come, you know? Mm. Um, so I don't know if this is, if that has anything to do with this, but Smith is, it's, it's a pretty big statement to fire a defensive yeah. coordinator. And I think this is him maybe not even like trying to say that this, I, it's not coach Tibisar's fault. Totally that we're five and four and could be much better. But I think this is Smith saying like, yo, like bowl eligibility is not my goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we I don't know what, what you guys think about that. And the the last, the last two games, no matter where this program was a couple of years ago, the last two performances are, have been pretty unacceptable. So I think this is uh, an element of, of him making that statement. Yeah. I, I think
3: it spells desperation because this is a 10 win team and they're not playing like it right now. And I saw a stat. I'm sure you guys saw this, that Jonathan Smith is zero and four in games where he could clinch bowl eligibility. So, Oh my God, that, that yeah. is a stat that I I'm, whether he's thinking about that, even subconsciously, there there has to be something, some sort of shakeup because inexcusable to lose to Cal, and I and I, I thought that in that game that well, and I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think here because. I think because they've been falling behind early in games, they almost feel there's like a little bit of a panic. Like we got to start throwing the ball more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
3: that's, and that's what teams do. You know, when they find themselves in an early hole, there's this level of desperation, like we've got to start throwing, we don't have time to run. And this is not really a throwing team. I mean, I think that the chance Nolan is really solid, but I don't know in curious to see what you guys think, but, 38 throws against Colorado. I think Colorado was wanting that. Yeah, they were, they were
0: setting up for that for sure. And again, most of these victories, even though games that we were behind that we pull out is that we, we go back to the creativity on offense or we stick it with the run game. And we were pretty balanced really yesterday, oh, yeah. but uh, it wasn't the, it wasn't really the right move to start throwing again. And and same thing happened with Cal was just like, depend upon chance to hit some of these receivers that one weren't getting separation or two were dropping passes they should have caught. But uh, one of the, like the, on the separate side of this with the, with the whole Tibisar thing. And I was just saying this before you joined Brian, was that um, this is pivotal for the season. Yeah. We've got three games left. We're pretty good at home. Clearly, we've got two of them at home, and one of them, of course, against Oregon, which is essentially a neutral site. <laughs> I'll say that, like, no matter where they're playing, Ooh, it's a neutral. site. I don't know that I would say that. But I would say talk about that more. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that. I'm saying in regards to like, you're gonna get fans from both teams showing up sure. because it's not like it, it's 45 miles away. But um, hey, we we've got the two home games. Yeah,
1: I'm we
0: see. need to win one of them. We're double digit favorites again against Stanford coming up. <laughs> Just uh, hilarious, <laughs> I, I, but that but that is dropping. By the way, it was twelve points earlier. Is ten now? It might even be lower. But um, what does this mean for this turnaround? We need one win to be bowl eligible, and like I know that Beaver Nation is not clawing for just one win. We want more. Like we we taste blood at this point. But uh, how do we turn this around? How do we get this back on track? And and does this tipusar thing? What what trajectory does this lead lead us in? I guess.
3: Well, that's a great question. I think that. When you look at your next opponent in Stanford and you saw how they fared against Utah and super embarrassing. I mean, I I like the the Cardinal. I think they have some really great individual players, but as a team right now, they're really struggling guys. I think they gave up. I think Utah in that game on Friday had three different running backs that had over 100 yards or at least 100 yards. And so you would think because of how matador defense that run defense is for Stanford, that that should set right up for the running game for Oregon State. And I know that 220 yards against Colorado for the Beeves is is pretty good. But come on, we, you guys know that they could do so much better than that. I think they were averaging like 250 and they can easily go over that. I think that, you know, I, I liked it was a Trey low. I, I, I liked that, you know, he got a couple touches in that Colorado game. I think. BJ Baylor under 100 yards against Colorado. I, I don't think that you're going to win games if you keep him under 100 yards. So mm-hmm. I think that Chance Nolan does. It, it's interesting because he's done so many great things, but I think you guys noticed that there were so many times in that Colorado game where they were third and long, third and long, third and long, third and long. And it's, it's so hard and to to compete. But when you, when you talk about the Cardinal and I don't know the status of their quarterback in Tanner McKee, because I know they had Jack West against Utah. If they don't have Tanner McKee, and I'm not totally sure you guys might know this as far as the the health status of that quarterback in. in I think the, he's going to be out. I think he's he going to be out. out. Yeah. So This is literally, I mean, this is like, look, I love Sanford, but it's like, it's going to be like playing Arizona because if you don't have that quarterback, in in tanner mckee oh and you have the don't words. say that <laughs> i don't want to jinx anybody i don't want to jinx anybody. and you're at home but here's the thing you guys know this david shaw plays with a lot of pride and yeah even, yeah of course even if his record isn't great and they'll still battle and they'll still win games where you're like how did they do that it, it doesn't make any sense but the fact that you have two or three at home that's important but there's still three games i think There's no reason in the world. And I know you guys are probably thinking about this with Cal and in Colorado, but there is no reason to lose to Stanford at all. No matter what your defense is like, no matter what is going to happen and how Bray is going to step up. And I know there's some injuries to the D line and everybody's dealing with that, but there is no excuse not to beat this team by double digits, considering how well Oregon state plays at home too. Yeah. And
1: I think a hard thing, that people are dealing with is the idea that if this was 2018 and you told most Beaver fans, hey, and in 2021, you're gonna be nine games in the season, five and four, with a chance to get bowl eligibility. And Smith is still the head coach, and people are gonna be feeling good. Like people and in 2018, after the last season of of Anderson or when Anderson quit halfway through people would be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, just make it stable by 2021. Like, oh, my God, that'd be amazing. But, and I, th- I think that's fair, and I think Smith deserves a lot of credit for that. But also, we've seen how good this team can be yeah. And we've also seen them lose games with just ridiculous amounts of penalties. Yes, and letting teams that are so clearly inferior
0: in talent the third down, the third down stuff them. too the, is just the you know. third
1: down thing is crazy. Yeah, like it's it's almost like it's it's not what I would expect. Like I'd, I'd expect you know a team that doesn't have a ton of talent almost punching above its weight class. If you had told me this in 2018, that we'd be five and four looking at bowl eligibility for the first time after a a handful of years of being just the, the PAC 12 doormat a a doormat in what, in a conference that a lot of people think is the doormat conference of the power five. Like, (laughs) I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's the narrative. Yeah. And I would be, you know, three, three plus years ago, I'd be like, Oh, thank God. That'd be amazing and now i just think we're in this like tough place where like we see that this team can be really good this team could have been a rose bowl team this year if a couple different things go a a few different ways and i think it's just it's it's hard for us as podcasters and uh, not professional uh coverers of the team at all uh (laughs) guys who (laughs) guys who drink beers and yell uh but to try and uh come up with the most like logical reaction to things uh it's it's tough so you we saw so many games like this from 2014 through 2018 and now we just see how good this team can be that when we see games like this it's it's hard not to act like the sky is falling
0: yeah and one tidbit to add here about the Stanford game, and Brian, it's kind of like a, a, a running bit for us, is that every week we sure. do you know pr- our predictions for the week, and we are yet to predict a loss for the upcoming game. But, um, we've lost 11 straight to Stanford, and the last time we beat them was like a whole different era of Oregon State football. Like Sean Canfield is our quarterback. quiz mm-hmm. Rogers had almost 200 yards rushing. He was also our leading receiver. That was like the last time
1: was well, that was the last time we beat Stanford quiz versus toby at at research yes. yep. in 08 yeah
0: no 9 oh. Oh, 09 oh, yeah yeah jesus yeah and then jesus. we followed up that week that next year i was actually at the game at uh richard in sherman was probably in, <laughs> playing in that game <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how long it's been oh.
0: i was uh i was at i was in palo alto for the, the the game the following year where the streak started and we were blown out 38 nothing so let's like uh turn the tables here next week and let's just stomp them 38 nothing to kind of return the favor and uh, get back on track and and, and secure that bull eligibility and move forward and Move past these last two these last two duds of games. And by the way, we have uh, Benny Wehage just finally made it. Welcome, Welcome back, back, Benny. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yes. Made it home late.
1: Boulder did not claim you.
2: That's though. right. I'm I'm doing a lot better now uh, than I was uh, at this time last night. Um, <laughs>
1: hey, this time last it was, night
2: it was like going into the third quarter. <laughs> it was a it was a roller roller coaster of emotions for sure. But uh, Boulder was fun. <laughs>
3: So, Benny, when when that 60 yard field goal was made by Hayes to take yeah. me into your mind, like I, I can't even imagine what that must well, have been.
2: Yeah. So the whole lead up to it, too. And I don't know if you guys could see on TV, but after Oregon State um, missed uh, or, or, or didn't convert on fourth down and there was you know less than a minute left, I mean, yeah. it emptied it emptied out. Uh, people thought the game was over. And then you start playing games in your head, right? Like, okay, we have three timeouts. If we can stop them, <laughs> we'll get the ball back. And and then all of that happened and, and you get a good return out of it. Um, and and so we were having a conversation. There were a couple other beaver fans in our area. And when it when we had seven seconds left, uh, we were like, you have to just go for like a 10 yard out. Get just give Hayes a chance. And and they did. Um, and then when they set it up, I mean, he's he's lining up pretty much on the middle of the logo and we're just like there's no way I mean there's no way and when it went in it just it was mayhem I mean it it truly was mayhem and um I will say even though like we didn't pull out the win and it was you know you never want to lose a game where you're favored in by by double digits um that was a cool uh, moment to witness i mean that, that that will definitely be one that that sticks with me but it, just because it was so unlikely that 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 would happen
0: benny you're also oh and two in road games
2: i know <laughs> i think that wouldn't be brought our, up yeah. uh, what
0: is our like collective
1: record in road games we've been to though i don't know that i've seen us i i know i went to uh i went to multiple games at UW while we were in college those were wins those were automatic wins uh, Brian, we were all in college from uh, roughly about '05 through <laughs>
3: 2012. We <laughs> um, we we super senior. Yeah,
1: We took the scenic route through. Love it. Um. I so I went to a few games at UW. I went to the game in '06 and '08 when we beat UW. Uh, but I went to basically. Like, as I mentioned, my, my bucket list is to see us lose in every single Big Ten stadium, and I'm pretty close <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, so I don't know what other, like, road games we would
0: have been at that would have been wins. I saw us beat Cal, like, five years ago in berkeley that was probably my one and only road game other than uh watching us win the, in the emerald bowl versus maryland back in like that's 07. not a
2: road game though That's, a, that's i know a i know but it was football not a home game, game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i went to the sun the sun bowl in 06 and 08 oh. um yeah so those were uh those were both especially 06 where ev went for two at the the end of the game uh, to seal it for us. The other game we beat Pitt at three to nothing, and it was <laughs> yeah. the most boring college football game I've ever seen. But we won. Yeah, yeah.
1: J- Johnny uh, so, Hecker had like eight hundred yards worth of punting in that game. That that's right. A, that, yeah. that cemented Johnny Hecker's legend as an Oregon State punter.
2: That's right. So, uh, and just stop me if we've already gotten to this, but Brian, I have a question for you, and I guess it's uh. it's the question that's like top on my mind. Mm-hmm um and i'll uh, side note i don't know if you guys saw but uh, oregon state fired tibisar like oh yeah 10 minutes here.
1: <laughs> we, we texted yeah. you about it <laughs> yeah
2: yeah 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 um but, but so this doesn't have to do with the defense but with chance nolan um i think you shared the same sentiment that we did which is being really hot on him and you brought up uh that he's really um sort of uh, uh done much better than what expectations were at every place that he's gone and he started he started out that way with the Beavers, but there's been almost a steady regression. And it seems like he um, it, it's like he either has a really good half uh, or he has a really bad half. And he can't seem to string these like consistent performances together. So I don't know how much Oregon State football you've you've watched in the last couple of weeks. But is there anything that that you are taking away as to what has caused chance to sort of regress back? Uh, from
3: where he was at, you know, like at USC. You know, it's interesting because I saw that. I I noticed the regression. And I think our brains work. We want everything to be linear. Like, we want to know it's happening because of this. But there's things about this team, guys, that are inexplainable. Like, how does Ch- Chance Nolan throw a beautiful ball and then the next series it's underthrown in a pick? There's just stuff to his game I don't quite understand. And I I loved what he did against USC. And then when you point out, Benny, when you point out, when did you start to see the regression happen? And that's... Uh, At at Washington, or when we played Washington at home. You you Okay, Washington at home. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I I really don't... There's really not a good way to say it, other than I feel like something is... It's a mental thing with him, because I I don't think that his skill set all of a sudden dipped. I just think that there's something there the running game. I don't know if he, if he th- feels like he's not doing enough, that the running game is doing everything. And he wants to feel like he can do more. I thought, and you saw this, like when he had 38 throws last, last night in, in the game against Colorado, I thought that was too many. And yeah, you know, that was way too many. And I think, I think teams like they have more film on, on chance Nolan and his habits. And I think that he was sort of like this, who is this guy? This is a, this guy is amazing. Like the being of the season. And I think teams really, honestly, Benny are finding ways to, to really figure out his limitations and his completion percentage is not great right now as yeah. well. But, but I think it, it, it really stems from teams, figuring them out. And yeah. I think that the other problem is I wish they had, there, there's all, there's been that discussion about who is, the standout wide receiver, like who's the guy? And I think we've seen maybe that being determined. But at the beginning of the season, nobody, no other team really knew was oh, it going to be this guy that's going to lead the game in catches or not. So as a defense, you don't really know who the ball is going to, and that's not. Right. So I think as a quarterback, that gives you an advantage because I think the secondary is sort of second guessing itself, and you're probably able to find guys and locations to spot the spots that you might not have. Now that there's more tape and then teams know more about you and your identity. But I honestly thought four to five games in that, that he could have been like a dark horse Heisman candidate. And yeah, it's just it's so frustrating to see it because obviously he hasn't, and I don't I don't want to jinx him because I felt like as soon as I said that, you know, maybe he maybe had one more good game, but then he I noticed that he kind of took a turn for, for the worst. And yeah. 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 How much of this though, at least in my mind,
0: I see this as all kind of actually related to the defensive play where the defensive play started to deteriorate about the same time against Washington. They weren't, Stellar early in the season, but we had weaker opponents early on, right? And then the UFC game, they they did show up pretty well, and they were pretty resilient. And everyone was talking, "Ben, don't break." This defense is definitely one of our better ones we've had in recent years. And as that started to deteriorate, and as we were playing from in a hole from the beginning of most these games, and we would go away from the run, it seemed like that's when the pressure got to Chance. When he's throwing fourteen balls a game he's hitting the guys when the time is right and he's yeah. moving the chains. But when we're asking him to do everything, because we're playing from behind because the defense can't hold these teams uh, to three and out ever. It's like, of course, he's going to struggle. Of course, he's going to throw for a 50% completion rate and a couple of picks. Like he has no choice because we're we're, getting, we're putting the ball in his hands. And so I do feel like if the defense can get re-energized, I think we will see that same Nolan. We saw at the beginning of the season where he is just, he, he, it's not like a game manager early on. I kind of started to see him as almost like an Alex Smith esque kind of quarterback where he can just help you make the right plays at the right time to, to keep the ball moving and score when you need to. But it almost like even at an accelerated rate, cause you knew he could run as well. And, um, it, it, he had so many weapons at his disposal across all those wide receivers and the two tight ends plus all the running game. But I, I could see him ascending back to that if the defense gets re-energized with this change in coordinator.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I one other thing that I would add to that is when we played Washington, did we play Washington and then Washington state? I feel like was yeah. a game. It was Washington and Washington state because against Washington, he had like 15 attempts and seven completions and I feel like at Washington State it was the same sort of line where it was we just weren't passing it and then uh, you know as Brian mentioned we had he had 38 pass attempts against Colorado so it almost seems like there's uh, still a inconsistency of of not really having an identity on offense and the coaches sort of throwing everything at the board right now and just seeing what sticks well and then Benny to add what
3: you you were saying there and what we talked about earlier was that so many of these games, Oregon State is falling behind like in the first and second quarters. And I think as a quarterback a yeah. mentality, I think he's the kind of quarterback where it's easier for him to thrive when he warms up to a game. And he doesn't feel like all of a sudden, OK, it's like you get in and you're all of a sudden you're down 10-0. And now I got to change up what I'm doing and now I've got to hurry throws. And now I got to feel like there's more pressure on my shoulders to try to do stuff for, from my perspective when – maybe if there aren't those early deficits, I don't think he makes the decisions that he has been forced to make, which probably would have not been as bad looking on him from a completion percentage perspective, or just not having to make as many throws. I just think he finds himself, it's on me. And there's a little bit of an inner panic that comes on when, when this team finds itself digging into these holes. And I don't know, I think there's a parallel there between both early deficits and him not quite playing to what we're used to seeing him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: And now that beginning of the year thing too, we've talked about this before, is that when Oregon State was, when Oregon State beat USC, there was still zero expectations from outside of Beaver fans for what this team could do. There is some narrative of, of the national media talking about Jonathan Smith being a competent coach and this being a nice story that this program wasn't the worst program in the country anymore, but that's, you know, pretty faint praise. Uh, and then you go into the Coliseum, you beat USC, uh, even though the next, the next week you're playing Washington at home on PAC 12 network, it did kind of seem like, like, like research was rocking. Mm-hmm. It was rocking. And that was like kind of the first time that it's, In the Smith era, and definitely since probably when Sean Mannion was quarterback for us, that people were in Reser and literally jacked about an Oregon State football game. And he played not great. We got that win. And I think it's not just a chance thing either, but like all of these guys are who have been here, the longest tenured players have been here since spring of 2016 all of them are playing with expectations for the first time. And that is a hard thing to yeah. include. And whenever, when, whenever I watch us lose a game and then I calm down and I've, I've texted JP several, like this is the worst thing I've ever seen Text, And then I'm like, okay, actually let's walk it back a little bit. That's a little unreasonable. <laughs> um, but like, I do try to remind myself that all of these guys are playing with expectations for the first time. Every single player on this roster is playing with expectations to be a bowl eligible team for the first time. And I don't want that to be an acceptance of mediocrity. I don't want that to brush off any uh, poor play or like excessive number of penalties. Definitely not the last two road games or the fact that we just can't play well on the road. It seems since that USC game, but it is, I think that is a part of this team that, will form the identity of the season as we look back on it and will be something to see going forward. Like how do you handle expectations once expectations rise? And I think Smith as a head coach has shown that he can be a coach that can get us out of the cellar. And we were deep in the cellar. <laughs> we were the cellar dwellers. So it's a credit to him to get us out of there. But uh, now, now that's just winning a few games and not being embarrassing isn't the uh isn't isn't all we're trying to accomplish anymore and he needs to respond to that
3: i think success is something new and success when it is new it can be uncomfortable it's like when you watch these golf majors and you see somebody that's leading after the first round who you've never heard of what are the chances that that person wins the tournament if they've never been in that spot before. And that is where I think, like you said, if you don't have experience in these situations, it's, it's not easy. But some of these leaders in the locker room have got to just wake up the rest of the team and just really hammer home like, look, guys, we can't blow this. All right. We got to get our act together here. So I feel like these next three games are really where we're going to find out what this locker room, the mentality, the maturity, what it's made out of. Because they've been hit with some significant adversity. People now know that Oregon State is a team that is, is no longer a pushover. You know, I, I was just amazed at that win against Utah and some of the other wins. And now I think that Jonathan Smith, with that coaching change here, is realizing, look, we've got to finish strong. Because it might just look like three games, guys, to finish off the regular season. But these three games, I think, are going to do, are depending on how the, how this three games go, are going to say a lot about the trajectory of this program. And so I don't think it's just a present moment. Okay. Let's this and that, but if they finished wrong, I think that is going to boost the morale of the team going into the next season and then allows you to build steps because if you fall back to that mediocrity, I think that plays with your mind. And I just don't think you get that big giant step into the off season, the way in which you probably could have from a recruiting standpoint and just from a morale standpoint. So I think these three games are critical, not just for this year, but for the Jonathan Smith reign at the program. I think we need to look at a big, big picture here of just what this is it. Who are you? Are you going to go back to the the years of the past, just settling? or Are you actually going to wake up and do something and realize that these are not the old days of Corvallis and we want to make something special here. We don't want to go back. And that's why I'm fascinated to see how these next three games go to see who steps up and and what this team is made out of.
0: Yeah, it just got a lot more interesting, that's for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah and the
2: uh, I might be wrong here, but it seems uh hard to remember the last time that Oregon State fired any coordinator or really any coach at, at all midway through the season. I mean that, yeah. that just is unprecedented at least at Oregon State. I mean, Smith understands the magnitude of the situation, and I think to what Brian said, you know, it does say a lot and I think that momentum you can build upon um If if they, you know, take two out of the next three, especially if one of those is against Oregon. So it's I I guess in that respect, it is good to see that he at least understands that, you know, these next three games are incredibly important. Yeah.
1: We were we were talking about that uh, a bit i think it was before you got on benny about how in in the riley era there was kind of this frustration with uh riley's loyalty to almost a fault uh, you know and banker and just coaches he just like wouldn't fire and we were just gonna keep going seven and five best case yeah. scenario uh so this is uh i i think i don't know if smith made this decision with that mm. in mind but certainly doesn't doesn't want to uphold the status quo and uh we will we will see how this uh how this plays out for the for the football team this is certainly the biggest this, this is the biggest news that's ever happened while we've been recording <laughs> <laughs> that is true It absolutely hijacked our episode uh Brian we wanted to talk to you about uh Oregon State men's basketball which uh sure. opens its season on Tuesday November 9th uh this that might be the day that this uh, Uh, episode is actually airing, Um, but also, uh, Brian, you uh, had a video on Twitter just sort of about your uh, bullishness on Oregon State forward Warith Aletishe, who anyone who watched our team last year knows was a big part of our Elite Eight run, and you basically gave him as good of an endorsement as possible and said, we will see a transformation unlike anything we've seen in college basketball in recent times in regards to what Alatisha will do this year. And he had a good season last year. So I just uh, wanted to see if you would be able to elaborate on on that, like what you saw in Alatisha's game and uh, what he did last year and what you know about him and just sort of what you're expecting to see from him uh in the 2021-22
3: season well with some uh there's some key contributors coming back obviously but there are so many holes there's so many transfers Mm -hmm. which makes this team really interesting because I don't think we're going to really know this team until you know past December to be honest with you just like last year when the team got on that late run but with Aletiche he is one of those catalysts one of those behemoths in the lane that has been there And I think if he can take the next step with his offensive game, I I mean, I can't find a better rebounder in the conference. And I'm talking offensive rebound, I'm talking defensive rebound. It's just like, I don't know how he understands how the ball hits off the rim the way he does, but it's just, he has to the sixth sense where he can, or he can influence games that way. From a defensive standpoint, you guys know, I mean, it's like a no fly zone around the rim with him, you know, you're not going to get anywhere near him. So if he can, I know, he's, what did the average like nine and a half or 10 points a game last year, if he can be a guy, I mean, I, they're going to go to him more, but if they can run more plays through him is if that's something that he's capable of doing then I see that transformation happening. He's not a guy that, as you guys know, has ever really taken threes. But you know how big men are now? Everybody's taking threes. Can he be a guy that can do that? And if he does, can he make it at a decent clip? I wouldn't be surprised if he started to take some threes or if he can really start to, to work through that, that mid-range jumper. If he can do that, I think he can give you you know, 17, 18 a game. And I think that's a big step for this team because you know when you don't have Ethan Thompson, you talk about a guy who was so fun to watch. And such a glue guy, but I mean, you can't beat him one-on-one. Like, he's going to break you down on the, uh, with a rock in his hands. You know, it's just just amazing. He can create his own offense, put up crazy shots. So they're looking for guys to take shots. And so the opportunity is standing right there for Alatisha. It's up to him. You know, I think he can be a more offensively evolved and refined version of Sean Marion if he wants to. So, Sean Marion has the hops. He's a great rebounder. He's a high flyer. Al Tishe could do all that stuff. But what do you remember about Sean Marion's outside offensive game? It's it's, it's You know, it's not right. It's not really there. But <laughs> Al in yeah. and, and, and the way he would shoot from his shoulder, whatever. But I think this is a chance where Al Tishe can really – surpass that kind of skill set and, and set himself up for you know a big shot in the pros i think that that he's trending in that direction yeah, and brian
0: you, you talking about the pros i mean obviously altisha declared for the draft he must have had that feedback right they must have come and told him like yeah you're almost there like that's, he wouldn't return i think unless they he heard some feedback like you're almost there get the offensive game going right working working your jumper start shooting some threes develop that over the summer we'll see what happens in this season and maybe maybe it'll be on some draft boards come next year but uh i think that's really the only reason he came back was to try to, to showcase that um but i agree if he can do that like it's we're in for a very very exciting basketball season like and i've said this on our podcast before like with a guy like Alatiche is one of those where did he come from type players that we have not had in a long long time on an oregon state men's basketball yes. Holy right. We've had these guys come in with expectations and they've delivered and they've maybe improved slightly or, or a little bit. But like nothing like a, I don't even remember why when he joined the team and all of a sudden he's like our our top contributors. And I think that's what's right. exciting about T. um is it, it does seem like the sky's the limit. Um, and I, I'm hoping that he got some really good feedback and work, worked on his game to uh, become a, a more all around player than he already was.
2: You alluded to this um earlier but there are a a lot of new players um Mm -hmm. and 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 i guess just from that do you have any concerns with the cohesion of the team with more new players than returning players um and also are you bullish on any of uh either the the new freshmen or or transfers
3: coming into the program well i don't know if you guys saw the i'm sure you did obviously you did why did I even ask this? But the exhibition game, that, that was a little bit closer than I think a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's, exhibition. it's a little scary, you know, I'm a little, little sense of concern there. It was it Deshaun Davis Seemed to be seen to be playing yeah. well. I think he was like a all American. I think he could be someone who, who steps up, but I think this is, this team is on Jared Lucas's shoulders here. I mean, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. I think he's one of the, one of the great shot creators in the country. And I think this team is going to go how he goes. But I also do think that that Win Tinkle is going to do a whole lot of mixing and matching with the lineups every game. So like honestly, I don't even think Wayne knows which one of these <laughs> these transfers are going to work out the best. And I don't think we really will get an idea until the conference yeah, starts. So. And I think then guys will know their role somewhat. But like you guys saw last year, everything sort of grooved right at the end. So that's something that is in play. But I don't think you can ever discount Jared Lucas and just the way he can take over a game. And so I think that ultimately there might be some early, early season adversity for this team, but I wouldn't get too worried about it because you got Jared Lucas. And, and I think that having his maturity and just his happiness out there is a difference maker for sure. Yeah. You guys are the best. Let's do this again. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian so much. This was yeah, so much fun. In touch. We'll talk soon. Thanks okay, Brian.
1: Absolutely. Thanks right. Brian. Appreciate okay, your time.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, of course. That was cool, dude. Brian's cool. Brian's dude, really he's cool. So, yeah, he
2: is so cool.
0: We should for sure have him back on very soon. We should talk more hoops. I think that's like a uh, some unfinished business that we have with him. Uh, I'm sure not just men's but women's as well. He seems very well versed and intertwined in
2: everything Pac-12
0: athletics. Um, and so we'll have to we'll have to hear his thoughts as uh, the season progresses.
2: Yeah, he seems really like like you said, in tune with pack 12 but like he seems like he's keeping just like a watchful eye on oregon states program which i think that's what drew us to him at the be- at the beginning is that like yep. no other national pundit really does that so yep
1: is our kind of he's our kind of guy just more he Fenley is as optimistic as i want to be <laughs> I, pret- I, pr- I pretend to be as optimistic as Family is.
0: Well, you want some optimism? I know we were talking uh, Oregon State men's hoops. This isn't directly Oregon State men's hoops, but it's very related. And Right now, the Warriors are playing. GP2 <laughs> oh, is showing out
1: again. How many posters has
0: GP2 made of victims tonight? So we're playing Houston Rockets. I've been keeping an eye on it uh on my iPad here while we've been recording, and his play has just been you know typical Gary Payne like the stuff we saw at at Oregon State, right like just stacking up the like the box score and all of it flying very far under the radar unless there's some sort four, of big play. four
1: four points one of two from two point range. Two of two from free throw range. O of four from three point range. Uh, seven rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Uh, three charges taken. <laughs> one hard, one hard foul uh one scowl at the officials and a one very 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 hard dunk that was negated by some bullshit call
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well actually in re- in reality hold on he's uh he's right now in plus minus which some people like to look at some people don't think it matters, but he is plus twenty three what can what what
2: what's the what is the margin of the game right now it's ninety eight eighty one okay yeah, so he's yeah. So yeah. he's that's He's up. actually
0: Wait, update. He's plus 27. Steph Curry is plus 15. So he's better than Steph Curry is what you're saying. Sure. Do I'm I buying, I'm buying a GP2 jersey this week. You have to buy this number 0 Oakland
2: jersey. Like that's
1: the only one you can Oh buy. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: When I was in Denver, we had the the Blazer game up and the Warrior game up when they're playing the Pelicans right next to each other. And I don't know if it was just like I was paying attention during the time that GP two was in, but when I was watching the Warriors game, it like GP two was the best player on the floor for the period of time that I was watching. It was really wild to watch. He's
0: the first guy off the bench. He's coming in for Steph Curry with three minutes left in the first. Now new rotation I've, that curse got set up. We all fucking knew this would. We happen. knew this. So- I know. <laughs>
1: so cool that it's like we all knew like a gp2 will be like a perfect backup point guard Mm -hmm. when he was a senior like he'll be a perfect backup point guard for somebody he's a backup point guard for the warriors yeah for seven yes i'm so happy for him
2: me too that's i'm happy for me i'm so i was gonna say i'm so happy and jealous of you at the same time (laughs) Yeah, I'm it's great for him. I mean, that is um, I think I told you guys I saw him in a uh like I mean it wasn't a rundown motel, but it was a hotel in Oklahoma City, a not terribly nice hotel in Oklahoma City when he was playing for the G League. Um, and it's it was just kind of like when I mean, you see a player playing for the G League and you're like, I mean, people do make it, but I mean, people usually don't make it and get significant playing time um so i mean props to him for grinding it out and just finding finding a a a spot that worked for him yeah he's gonna be a meaningful player
1: on a meaningful team getting meaningful minutes and i don't even think you need to edit this jp i think we should just do drinks right now as we're oh yeah we are uh, as we're towards the end of the episode yep we didn't ever say this has to be at the beginning of the episode uh but also I'm I'm committed to starting with Benny in this segment for a, a num a number oh. of weeks. And I know Benny, you just walked into your place from the airport as as we all know, you were in Boulder. That's right. For, for that, for that bullshit, dumbass, trick ass shit. Mm. And mm. but you are you are back in your in your podcasting perch. And I would like to know what beverage you are enjoying
2: i have uh out of my belligerent <laughs> uh, beefs mug that is a yeah! beautiful mug i have Ooh. a uh a hard cider um and i it's not angry orchard i know that i have to go find what uh brandon is yuri had it for me is it, it from waiting. two towns i that's don't the, think that's it's from two towns that's oh. the corvallis
1: cidery that's yeah two towns is good that's it's, it, two, two towns, towns great. Sponsor Shout
0: the out the to two towns, yeah. Shout out two towns, sponsor the pod. Yeah, they really should. If it, it actually makes too if, much sense. Why have we not done that?
2: Yeah, if they sponsor <laughs> the pod, then I will drink two town cider out See? of my belligerent beef. There bowl. is your ultimatum, two towns. That's Give right. us money and Benny will drink you. Um, I did uh, however, try the uh seltzer that the Avery Brewing Company had. They're the ones who tweeted out at us, right? You remember that? It said, like, have three of ours. No. The Avery <laughs> Brewing Company, I think. Or someone tweeted out at us that we should have the Avery Brewing Company.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah you
1: picked up those to. I was, beers, about, to, I was yeah. about to say someone's catfishing Benny through the belligerent Bees. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no. It's got a lowercase L. It's a capital I. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: We gotta get verified. I had I had some, <laughs> I had some of their seltzer at the game yesterday. They were um they were sort of like the uh, craft brewery of uh in Folsom Field. And so they had a seltzer and, and it was really good. So shout out to Avery Brewing Company. Um your seltzers are delicious.
0: Nice, nice,
1: good yeah. for
2: you, Avery Brewing Company.
0: Terry, what best Western beer are you drinking?
1: (laughs) I'm not drinking a best Western beer. Uh, I am in Grand Marais, Minnesota, as I've said several times in this episode now. Um, I've visited multiple incredible craft brewing companies on my way up here and during my time up here. Uh, Voyager Brewing Company in Grand Marais is a great one. Uh, Castle Danger Brewing Company in Two Harbors, Minnesota, which I stopped at on my way up here and played a game of cribbage. I lost, but that's okay. And, uh, of course, Bent Paddle in Duluth, which I had lunch at on Friday, um, which I have uh, had on this podcast before. And I thought about getting a crowler at Voyager or going somewhere local to enjoy and, uh, you know, promote on the podcast. but. I wanted my drink to be reflective of where I'm at in my life today. Today, after two days of uh, this um, writing seminar, and also after this particular painful, dreadful, no good, very bad loss to the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm just drinking fucking bourbon in a plastic motherfucking cup. <laughs> that has the best Western logo on it. I have fresh ice from the ice machine that is 10 feet from my room. That is what I'm drinking right now. Is it Evan dip- Williams? No, it's Jim Beam. Uh, I'm classy. I'm classy dog. <laughs> so classy.
2: yeah. yeah. Classy Evan Williams, Evan Williams would have been more literally complimentary of the game.
1: Literally. Literally, once we finish recording, I'm going to step six feet that way and look at Lake Superior for about eight seconds until I get too cold to be out there anymore, and I'll come back inside. And that's, <laughs> that's going to be my Sunday evening. Wow. As, I, as I sip my gym, baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. JP, what are you drinking?
0: Uh, I'm drinking a uh, – actually, Benny, you are just in the area. It's a uh, Georgetown Brewing seattle-based george oh yeah i am drinking let's see what the can is it's a War uh, child ipa because i feel like these next three weeks will be a battle for us to get to full eligibility they but we're winning all three so
1: yeah i would i
0: would fucking love that i would love that
1: so
2: much well they're all in the state of oregon so that will help yeah. yeah, we're not leaving. They're the either state. at home
0: or a neutral site.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> we're not leaving the state until we go to uh, the national championship. That's uh... <laughs> that's right. Uh, before we get out of here and before we get to predictions, we yep. have to shout out uh, members of the Beaver fam, who actually deserve a fucking shout out. Unlike the football they, yeah. team. They deserve.
0: Um, they definitely deserve. Yeah, more we'll, more airtime.
1: Definitely. Def- we, yeah, we need to, we need to work it, work these teams into more episode, uh, more episodes, for sure. But the Oregon State men's soccer team, who unfortunately lost the UCLA today, but earlier they did earn a sh- at least a share of the Pac-12 title with their 1-0 win over San Diego State earlier this week. Uh, Javier Armas providing the winner in that 1-0 result. They host Washington on Thursday, who is also mm-hmm. really fucking good. But who they beat in seattle uh they're currently the number two ranked team in the country oregon state men's soccer is not is not fucking around and this is a team that we're gonna have to watch as a as we move march towards the postseason uh there there could be a a pretty incredible story coming with with this group um so unfortunate result for them today as jp you and i talked about when it was just the two of us at the beginning of the hour uh, shitty fucking sports weekend and i'm just gonna yeah. blame it on that but yeah hell yeah oregon state men's soccer
0: yeah that's awesome the the matchup against washington is gonna be very interesting because yeah. Huge. is Huge. that is that gonna decide the pac-12 i mean yep like definitively decide it could decide the country i mean i yeah, know that's be a, mean. it a, could decide be a
1: conference tournament but yeah. there'll be a, a national tournament but like
0: so oregon state's got 22 points washington's got 19 as we stand right now Yep. They have more overall wins. We have one more conference win. I mean, I don't know why that we have one more game than them, unless they have one more game after we right.
1: play. Them. Even though we started this podcast and we've like made a commitment to talking about the men's and women's soccer teams, I'm still so confused of how college soccer works.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I literally, I literally Googled today is Oregon state women's soccer season over. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, i yeah, i finally found Coach Sinicola's uh, uh quote in the press release. So I'm like, it sounds like the season's over. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're making a the uh, tournament. Cause, like uh, not, it, I mean, their
0: RPI was still just under Oregon's, and, and Oregon could have helped themselves by winning to maybe sneak in. Okay. Uh, and that game ended in a tie. Okay. I don't think I don't think they helped anyone. Okay. And, and I feel
1: team. you have to you have to be like top sixteen in that. And there's like a shitload. Of, I don't and know. at one point they um, were they were. A
0: f- what, RPI was fourteen or fifteen. This was covered on yeah. the broadcast. I mean, like, we could we could jump over to the women's game too. But like that game was so fun. I don't know if you guys caught, especially the end of that game as it went to overtime. Not, not live, not live. But it was. I went back and watched. The a thriller. Both teams were gassed. They were gassed. Uh, Martinez. She. I don't know where she drew this energy from, but there were a couple times where she just took the ball and was like. <laughs> I'm scoring and going home. Um, unfortunately, some of those shots sailed over over the goal. But uh
1: That's the mentality you want though.
0: I know exactly, yeah. totally. Like, I mean, that's why I was like, oh, this this bodes well. Like, uh, shooters like Coach Nicola shoot. Yeah, and Coach Nicola alluded to this. She was it was shout out the seniors. She said, like, this program would not be where we are right now without their leadership, without their guidance. Yeah. So shout out to the seniors. Uh, Terry, go
1: ahead. Give them a quick shout. Shout out to the seniors: Laura Gelserin, Bridget Skiba, uh, Mylene Grzynski, and uh, Kaylin Fried. Uh, you know, tying the Ducks two to two in the season finale. Eleven wins, tying tying the most wins uh, for the Oregon State women's soccer team in the last decade. Yeah, it's just been like, let's be real. Like, we didn't really before. Like in midsummer, we weren't like, all right, guys, we're gonna track the women's soccer team. It just yeah. kind of like popped up and it was fun and we saw some highlights and it was like, Oh shit, that was a dope goal. <laughs> and then we just like kept doing it and it was really fun. And uh shout out to coach Sinicola and to her whole staff and to the team. And, it was a fun story to follow all year. Oh, it's I, great. I, I, I'm so excited for the, the future of this team and uh, for us to be, you know, in, invested in a way that we weren't when we were students at Oregon State. Yeah. And we weren't going to women's soccer games. And it really felt like from the descriptions, it seemed like a lot of people were. We're starting frenzies at Paul Lorenzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just excited because that's what these student athletes deserve, and it was legitimately so fun to um, follow them through this season. And uh, yeah, there's a there, there's gonna be we're gonna we're gonna be hosting a live show two to three years from now wherever like the host of the like women's soccer collegiate tournament is because we're gonna be there when like Oregon State's like in the fucking national semifinal. I can yeah. just already feel it. And we're gonna road trip it there to make it happen because we have we just ha- we have we yeah. have to show that support hell at this yeah. point. So, hell, y- ladies, you're badass. Uh, great season, and th- and 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 just fucking thank you. Just thank you for that. Exactly. Like, that yeah, like amazing. for the yeah. entertainment.
0: Yeah. This was this was epic, and for representing the Beavs, way to go. Especially echoing like Coach Nicola. Like shout out to these outgoing seniors. They left it out there. Left their mark. Ski. It was Skiba's last game, right? And beasts just an absolute savage dude Beast. she just some of those saves just sacrificing every bit of her well-being to, <laughs> to deflect or catch the ball and like sliding in just you know sideways into like three oncoming uh like players from the Oregon that were just uh, I mean, marching down right down her face and she just would slide in, grab the goalkeeper ball.
1: is the best position in sports. Oh
0: man. And but she, she I love shined. It. So she scary. shined uh all year in her leadership but also in her finale. So
1: bravo. Another another tip of the hat to the Oregon State men's soccer team, uh, who have a chance to I we we believe could win the outright Pac twelve title with the win against Washington. <laughs> <laughs> For sure going to the tournament, chance at a national championship, I think. Like, I don't know.
2: It, I mean, if you're number two in the country, it sounds like that would you be in the yeah. Running.
1: But uh, what would you be that surprised if NCAA out of like nowhere was like actually it's single table this year and SMU is the champion? Uh, thank you for participating, <laughs> and we'll see you next year because that's what they did to our fucking women's golf team it's, last. Uh, it's, we shouldn't be we shouldn't
2: be playing uh, soccer in this type of weather. Yeah, so we're we don't, just gonna yeah, say, we don't, say the other team won.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the the field is wet and the moon is weird. Uh, So good luck to the Oregon State (laughs) men's soccer team, Uh, Terry boss and the crew. uh, Javier Armas, Tyrone Mondi, Sofian Jafal, Muhammad Tiam, all all you guys, I I can't name everybody. Uh, Adrian Fernandez, like y'all have been killing it, killing it. And we're so ready uh, to tune in to uh, the postseason and just just see how far this ride or how yeah, how long y'all can take this like hell Yeah. how so many uh,
2: how many teams are in the men's soccer postseason? Thirty-two, I, I believe. I think it's, it's 32. thirty-two.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Thirty. Huh? Yeah. It's thirty-two or
1: sixteen. We lost in the first round to Virginia Tech last year got it That's what i remember yeah um also uh, as we talked about with our friend brian fenley it is basketball season finally you are listening to this on november 8th or november 9th or november 10th or later than that either way it's <laughs> basketball season hoops talking hoops. about hoops motherfucker hoops back. Hoops hoops. back hoops back back hoops. hoops baby and Oregon State women's basketball beat the fuck yeah. out of Western Washington yes, in the next right. edition. Talking 30-point win shit. I don't care what the Oregon State men's team beat St. Martin's by. I don't care how slim it was. Taylor <laughs> Jones ain't fucking around. No. Taylor Jones and Talia Von Ohlhoff named to the Pac-12 preseason team motherfuckers. And an honorable mention for Kennedy Brown. You think this is a game? <laughs> you think this is a game? <laughs> Scott Ruick coming for all y'all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yes. right. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, an excellent start to the season for the Oregon State women's basketball team. Scott Ruick squad. Uh, I can't
0: wait to watch them play. It's going to be so much fun. Michaela yeah. Pivak
1: was back in the crowd. My back. girl, yeah. my really? friend. Friend of my friends, Michaela Pivik. (laughs) I'm still butthurt that she was the last friend
0: of the pod. Friend of the friend
1: of the pod. Michaela Pivik. We'll get, we can get Mick on nice some, someday. Um, yeah, I'm still butthurt that she was the last cut in Minnesota Lynx training camp last year. Yeah, that's dumb. Hey, she's just that's the dumb. next GP, 2 Yeah, and she's you know what? She's the next GP, too.
0: I don't, trust, I, I don't trust anything and Minnesota P- to be smart with anything basketball.
2: Hey, shut the fuck you just up. Have, all you do is just have baking soda out we there had in a, Minnesota. A, hey, hey, JP,
0: please play
1: five seconds of baking soda in Minnesota by Audra Nicotinas. <laughs> by way,
3: See, nice. that's how
1: you do this, Ben. That is how you do this. Uh, even yeah, I, I love how you need to be confrontational, JP. When we just came back uh, to a uh, much more united world in our friendship, uh, while <laughs> while while we were on, uh, didn't need to do that. But yeah, of course, Oakland is rumored uh, to be part of a WNBA expansion plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, headed by uh, Elena Beard, the former Duke standout, who did lose to the University of Minnesota in the Elite Eight. Shout out Lindsey Whalen. Uh, and I could just totally see Michaela Pivik getting on the Oakland WNBA team and just fucking balling out. Uh, because that's that's JP's life as a sports fan, Beaver yeah. fam. He just yeah. gets to have nice things. Yeah. Ben and I are just like, I wonder what nice things are like. And JP is just sitting there. I have them all. In his Bay Area ivory tower, looking out at McCovey Cove like he, these are all my nice things. I'm really sad. Buster Posey retired. Please pe- feel bad sad. for me. Yeah.
0: That was really yeah. Sad.
1: I, I, I do feel bad for you. And then I remembered that uh, I can't even count to how many rings Buster Posey has won for you fuckers. So yeah.
0: if only the if only the listeners could see my smile right now.
1: Yeah, it's they, they can.
0: They
2: can. It's <laughs> They can
1: hear it. It is a very nice smile. JP yeah, has yeah. a great
2: orthodontist. Yeah. I was, I, <laughs> 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 I was wondering what nice things felt like as I was leaving Folsom Field about 24 hours ago, yeah. having the second to worst team in the conference. Let's go <laughs> have a nice drive home. It was awful. It was not fun. Why would Uh, they assume that you drove? uh, Colorado. They said, "Have a nice trip home." Yeah. Nice trip home. It was. Um. Do I have a second to talk about just like uh the experience there for five minutes? Yeah. Yeah. But also,
0: did you end up on the tarp?
2: I didn't end up on the tarp. I did take some edibles before the game, which was um good. It was fine by game time. I was uh, like didn't know where I was for a second when I first got the boulder so when Everett Hayes
1: made his 60 yard field goal Uh like what percentage of you thought it was real and what percentage (laughs) thought you were imagining it
2: (laughs) yeah it was uh well by that time I was like my adrenaline had like flushed everything like any substance (laughs) out uh and I was just like working off pure adrenaline but it was that was cool that moment was really cool um and i have to say number one um to any beaver fan listening that that hasn't gone to boulder for an away game do it it's awesome boulder's a great town um the the fans yeah the fans in boulder like it sucked to lose to them but they were like really solid fans they were polite and welcoming and accommodating and um fun uh and um I mean, it's just a it's a gorgeous part of the country and um, great place. So go if you get the chance Uh, the um, for a team that was what, two and five or two and six, two and six, uh, two and six. That has their only real win was against uh, Arizona. Um, They showed out. I mean, that stadium was. It seats over 50,000. It was pretty close to being packed. So that was cool. I was not expecting that. I I told you,
0: like, why not? We would go to these games. I don't understand what you're saying. Like, why would they be there? No, we wouldn't have. Yes, we would. We went to every game anyways.
1: Yeah, in Corvallis, which is amazing. The Paris of the Pacific Northwest, not Boulder, which is... The, what is Boulder?
0: The, is Munich the Boulder of no. the Rocky the, Mountains. The, the Boulder.
1: It's the Boulder of the Mountain West. <laughs> uh, if I was it's, a if I was a freshman at Boulder and the team was two and six and it was a night game, I'd be doing literally anything else.
0: That's that's the difference between you and me. I'd be at that game. I think dude, Benny would it be was,
2: too. Yeah. I mean, it was um Benny may have a, yeah.
0: a paper bag on his head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But he'd be at that
2: game. The, dude, it was it was packed. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a lot to do in Boulder, and um, but there it was packed. And uh also shout out to Beaver fans. I, there were a lot of Oregon State fans there, and it's not Unfortunate. The, it's it's not the closest place to travel to. So I thought that was really impressive. Um, but yeah, whenever it Hayes. It's, hit that field goal like i had said during our our conversation with brian like i i would say at least half of the people left before that i mean you had a good chunk of the student section that left um like after halftime um just sort of as you do but there was uh, like 50 percent of the seats were empty by the time that everett hayes was lining up to kick that field goal uh and so to to see him do that i mean it was really cool and it just was they were insult- all
1: trying to get to the slopes that's man. right tips go. fucking down baby up a, a Breck. tips uh, fucking down right away let's ride
2: but um you know obviously the the game didn't go the the way that we wanted and um and it was it was uh demoralizing as hell walking out of that stadium just knowing that i mean there was so what many a stadium, though. Oh dude it was yeah so pretty Perf- i mean ideal setting um and and the fact that like the game started as like the sun was setting too i mean clear day perfect time sun was setting behind the mountains it was perfect it was great yeah yeah um but yeah so it was it was uh a, a gr- about as good of an experience as you can have seen oregon state lose did you find a dancer's location in boulder (laughs) (laughs) no no we went to one bar after so i was with my my really good friend garrett um i i grew up with him like went to grade school together uh garrett like didn't have a a dog in the fight and um he just kind of wanted to go to the bars after and we went to one bar in boulder after and i felt old as shit (laughs) it was so weird um I mean, yeah, I'm 35. I know I'm 35, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really realize I was 35 until I walked into that bar and looked this around. Is,
1: this is where no Ben, this, this is not a bad thing, and I don't want you to feel ashamed because this reminds me of an instance we've talked about on this podcast a lot. JP, if you edit this out of the episode, I will fucking kill you. Uh, when you were in town with super secret skins. And we went to the Wu-Tang show in August of 2019. We were all seeing Wu-Tang for the first time. I was super emotional about it. We were all really excited about it. And we got there super early. We're in the front. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was such a great show. We, I think we even, maybe even talked about this on the last episode, maybe two episodes ago. We've talked One about this every episode. Ever. Every episode. This podcast should just be an oral history of the time Benny and I saw Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> JP, please play five seconds of Gravel Pit because it's going to be relevant to what I say after this.
3: Um,
0: so
1: it's towards the end of the show, and there's all these kids as well. Like I think it was an 18 plus show, and we're at the front. So we're you when you go to the front of a concert, you're like signing a contract with everyone there. Like I'm I'm down for a little bit of fuckery, right? Like you're, you're signing that deal with everybody, but these like 18 year olds were just a little too rowdy or whatever. And then towards the end of the show, I think it was like the third or fourth to last song. So it was like one 30 in the morning when they were like supposed to stop at midnight or something as Wu Tang's want to do gravel pit starts playing And these like three teenagers try to start a mosh pit. And one of them, I turn around, Ben's right behind me next to super secret Skinder. And one of them just like bumps into Benny and like knocks him into like sort of like the the cattle guard fence in the front that we were leaned up against. And Benny turns around, stares the fucking look of the devil into these kids, (laughs) shakes his fingers and just go... You don't bosh the fucking gravel pit. You don't <laughs> and they both stopped, like looked at them, <laughs> opened their mouths, and just like walked away. And I was like, th- the 30somethings have officially taken over the show. <laughs> I had I had the confidence of 12
2: white claws in me at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, <you> did. <laughs> it was it was literally like we've been standing for 14 hours. I will not have a mosh pit interrupt like my peaceful standing and my last 30 That's minutes right. of leg yeah. stability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: oh God. I it's remember that show, too. Though. Yeah, it was a great yeah. job.
1: I was like, like you like literally summoned the strength and just assertiveness of like a high school science teacher that was over everything and you shut it down stop (laughs) it knock it off
2: (laughs) get off my lawn
0: oh okay Uh, can you take that same energy and focus it on our football team please
2: yeah i can try i tried yelling so loud i tried cheering for you guys and all of our listeners there i tried so hard
1: (laughs) stop it knock it off
2: stop it (laughs) stop (laughs) stop blowing coverages please stop it (laughs) you don't
1: give up 30 to Colorado
2: (laughs) yeah this is not fucking amateur hour Oregon State come on yeah the predictions oh fuck we need to make predictions Yeah. yeah real quick predictions Shit, we're gonna lose
1: that's my prediction
2: I agree that's fair (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh and so this has been the prediction segment <laughs> brought to you by founders we, we don't, don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> We don't give a shit shop at founders shop at block 15 we don't care neither <laughs> one of them sponsors us cheer for oregon state or it don't whatever time's a flat circle just, we're drink, all,
0: just, drink. just drink we're anything. destroying the planet
1: you know what
2: this is what i actually think is going to happen next week I think, uh, so Trent Bray has been moved into the interim defensive coordinator. Trent Bray TB, is the inside linebackers um, coach right now. So I th- I'm i hoping, I don't necessarily think this is going to happen because I have absolutely no idea. But what I hope happens is that he decides to blitz the fuck out of Stanford because that's something that Tibisar just wouldn't do. He wouldn't put pressure on the quarterback, and that's, Our secondary is not great and they got picked apart because the quarterbacks just had all the time in the world to throw around. I hope that Bray sets, sends a message to the rest of the Pac 12 and just fucking, I don't care if we are blitzing eight uh, and and we're leaving people exposed, like fucking make their quarterback uncomfortable. That's what I hope we see.
1: I literally hope he just pulls up a a game of NFL blitz 2000 and just calls plays from, the playbook in NFL blitz 2000 <laughs> there's there, there are on the defensive side. There's about six plays and two of them are s- different variations of the blitzes. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I hope for. And we'll see how it works out.
0: Also um, just um, to, to make note, uh, I, I just unfollowed Tibbs from the Belliger bees Twitter account. So, Oh we're, my we're, God, we're closing the book on yeah. this chapter of, uh, of Bieber football. That's, yeah. that's, a, so.
1: that's a breakup. JP, please play five seconds of
2: someone like you by Adele. Ooh, I wish but the best. Oh, you. Yeah. I, so I like, I think none of us here obviously like want to see people lose their jobs, but um, right. I think for, for Tibisar, uh, in, in terms of the trajectory of the program, that was the right move. Well, it's damaging um, to his
0: own reputation. Just, yeah. Get a fresh start. Yeah, Go exactly. Go somewhere and do something else.
2: Yeah. My prediction is that we win, though. I think we beat Stanford. We play way better at home. Stanford's not going to be with their starting quarterback, it doesn't sound like. Um, yeah. I, I've I think- watched three straight Stanford
0: oh, yeah. losses on the road. I think we're losing, at even at home. I just I'm a masochist, and I just want more. Didn't pain.
2: they? Didn't they? <laughs> didn't they lose like fifty two to seven yesterday? Yep. Fifty two to fourteen. Fifty two yeah. to fourteen.
0: Okay. Yeah. To a team right. we beat.
1: Um. Yeah. So I'm also predicting a loss because we can't have nice things.
2: You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna predict a loss too because when we've yeah, been predicting wins, the club. when we've when we've been predicting <laughs> wins, we we lose. So let's fucking shake it up. We're gonna yeah. lose.
0: You heard it here yeah. first, Beaver Fam. We are losing. Yeah. Our third straight game in heartbreaking fashion at home. Y'all thought we were homers. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, homers up in here. This is the most hard hitting journalistic approach to Oregon state sports on the internet. dog. Yeah.
2: Slash superstitious approach that may get us a win in a backhanded way, which would be great. For sure. I want to go to fucking Las Vegas for a goddamn bowl game. That's all I want. (laughs)
1: We can go to Las Vegas for anything, Benny. You, you and I can make that happen pretty easily. Yeah, what do I mean? But well, you, you can come too. No, I don't
0: want to go. Let's yeah, sign no, off. This. No, you can.
1: No, no, you can. You no, can come. close it no, up. No. End it. Hey, we should for sure. We should. We should all go for the the Pac-12 tournament. We should make a plan for that. Deal. JP, I'm kidding. Stop being sensitive. I love no, I you. Hate you. I hate you so much <laughs> that I love you thank you beaver fam this is where the music starts uh for (laughs) tuning in to this 22nd episode of the belligerent Beeves, even though the team the football team has been frustrating as all hell this was a little bit of an unhinged episode but hey brighter days ahead brighter days ahead good shit after this saturday things popping brighter now but y'all this is a monday or tuesday november 9th and good shit is happening the soccer team is falling basketball season is starting which is the best sport, in my opinion and uh, benny has something that he would like to say which you know has to be positive benny What is high-ass want to share with the Beaver family? Yeah,
2: now? <laughs> yeah my high-ass wants to share something that uh, I think you guys will all appreciate. Do you remember where we came up with the him saying or the, sort of the reference behind it? Um, where? Actually, I don't know if I even know this. So this might I, be really high. I saying, do.
1: But I do... I, this is what the first episode of the podcast is
2: about. But but I believe it was in reference to us playing Stanford because beavers oh, chop geez. trees. Yeah, beavers, beavers chop, chop trees. trees. Beavers so, chop so, trees. So that's, that's what exactly. I was going to say. It's beavers fucking chop trees. That has nothing to do Even with Even though it's we Stanford this <laughs> their stanford's mascot is a color um but they use a tree as their symbol. So the beavers chop their symbol. And they
1: did put a gobe's drum in the middle. Yeah. Of their. Cardinal colored tree mascot on their 50-yard line, so so it's just weird, know, which is Wiccan as shit. Yeah, yeah. Becca Wiccan, dude. Remember Wicca? <laughs> Shout out Wicca. Wicca. You're for sh- Wicca's for sure listening. I'm I'm a practicing Wiccan, as we know,
2: <laughs> because of her.
1: No, yeah, because <laughs> the moon, the the moon goddess and the horned god, and they will both. See us to victory against Stanford and get us to the Vegas bowl so that the three of us can hang out in Vegas together with a bunch of our other friends who would probably make it down there too. I am Terry Horseman. Thank you for tuning in to another fun episode of the belligerent Beeves podcast. Follow us at belligerent Beavs on Twitter at belligerent Beeves on Instagram. Belligerentbeeves at gmail.com you can follow me personally at at terry horseman on twitter my co-host jp bertram phd the man himself the beautiful ginger beard rocking a em crew neck Ooh, that's the, a good look That is yeah. a clean crisp ass crew neck get yours in the belligerent beef store today that's at the trill j on twitter at the underscore treal underscore j2 to treal to be real and we are yeah. of course joined by our fellow co-host the matador of optimism himself benjamin lawrence sebastian wehage fresh off of his flight from boulder at benny l 1986 on all of your social media channels thank you again to fox sports radio los angeles's brian fenley for joining us on this episode of belligerent Beeves. brian will be back for sure on future episodes such a fun dude yeah, that's give really him fun. a follow yeah. on twitter on instagram he covers the entire pac-12 Uh, with a reckless abandon Uh, give Brian uh, your support and check out his content and tune in again next Monday slash Tuesday whenever we fucking feel like for the next (laughs) episode of the Belligerent Bees podcast and hopefully we will be coming to you from a full eligible state of mind for the first time since 2013 I'm terry horseman thank you for tuning in remember you can't spell chop them without hope chop them chop
0: Chop them